You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. My name starts with a P, ends with an L. And in between, you got an A to you just in case you're wondering. And I'm Rob, and I am very glad that you are hanging out with us today. As always, we are very appreciative, and we are uh, looking forward to today's show, looking forward to getting your questions, which you can send in at askdroneu.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Yeah, no, definitely. Very excited for today's show, uh, as we are going to be talking a lot about 3D modeling. I love 3D modeling. You want to know why? It's probably the most challenging aspect of photogrammetry that there is, as 2D assets have become quite easy to create. Maybe not accurately, but quite easy to create. And uh, I'm very excited for this show because, again, just grateful for the opportunity to be able to specifically identify um, information that can really help all of you. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, let's get started, by the way. Uh, if you are wondering, we do have a mapping and modeling class. There's one going on right now, Tuesdays and Thursdays. That class is closed. We've got a couple of mapping classes coming up this summer in addition to another university-style class. Um, by the way, I've had professors in my class before, and uh, you're welcome to join as well. If you go to thedroneu.com, you can check out events and sign up for one of those classes. I promise you won't regret it. Hi, this is Grant Nelson from trfdrones.com. I'm currently going through your comprehensive mapping course, and I'm learning a lot. Right now, I have a Mavic Air 2, which has been doing mostly real estate videos for me and some engineering videos, but I want to get into mapping. And I was wondering if you had any opinion on Skydio 2 with drone deploy for 3D mapping, in particular for radio towers and also engineering projects like impoundments, new ditching, bridges. Thanks. Thank you, first of all, for the question. It's Thank a good you. question. It's a really good question. And, and a lot of people want to know... Um, I mean, this is, first of all, it's an American drone, mm -hmm. so people are excited about that. It does some cool things, and people are excited about that. But is it a good mapping drone? That's really the question that's being asked. Yeah, and, and yes, it, it is a very good question to be asked. And by the way, you know, in our mapping class, which constantly evolves, uh, I have been uh, really, really throwing in um, drone deploy into the curriculum to go over the aspects of drone deploy and what it offers and whatnot. And, you know, during our last class, uh, we had mapped a property out in uh, Austin, Texas, and as we've been spending a lot of time there. But long story short is the model that it produced was actually uh, pretty good. But it made me want to explore uh, further. Because as I said in the beginning of the show, the most difficult part of drone mapping is 3D modeling. Mm -hmm. And especially to do it well, to ensure that you cover every surface, every space, it's constructed accurately, you don't have holes or gaps in the map. And the reason I'm talking about this is that I have realized, Rob, in the last week that there is not a single cloud-based processor 
that's really good for 3D modeling. There's just not. There's not. I've been going through, uh, you know, I, I finally figured out with Drone Deploy, which I thought was merging data together. But when I clicked Point Cloud, I noticed that there were two distinct point clouds, two distinct roads, and realized that, hmm. dang it, it was, it, it. they're just giving you a mesh of whatever the higher top model is, uh, or the top point cloud, not the, the lower point cloud, which is kind of a bummer because as I've taught in my class numerous times, there are two ways to reconstruct complex areas for 3D. Uh, there's merging projects, which is literally utilizing manual tie points to merge two data sets together to tell the software, look, I know that these images are highly oblique and you're wondering exactly where they go. This corner of this table is this corner of this table in the other images as well. Let's merge these data sets. Then when you can't get data sets to merge, there's, and I actually taught this to Pix4D, there is aligning data sets, which long and the short of it is, instead of taking two separate projects, you just throw all your images in one project. Mm. And then when you're creating the manual tie points, there are two specific actions that you normally do when creating manual tie points, and you negate those specifically to actually get the software to align these super complex data sets. And you know, from the Colorado Convention Center, literally was the example of that. Mm -hmm. It took me insane amount of hours to edit that thing and get it to actually work. And the only way that it would work is with aligning the data sets, not merging them. Um, but when it comes to complex 3D modeling, you really face exacerbated issues, right? I mean, like we teach in mapping class that if you have highly reflective surfaces, if you have dynamic surfaces, think of sand dunes, think of water, they're always moving, right? Those are going to be extremely difficult to map and model. And if you really don't understand the basic rules of mapping and modeling, it's almost impossible to get it right. Uh, I, I've learned that the hard way. I mean, there's even a phenomenal modeler that you and I both know, we were speaking of earlier, and he, he still doesn't know how to get water in maps. Uh, and there is a way, I'm not going to teach you here, sorry, it's way too valuable. Uh, but if you come to class, I'll teach you. Uh, but anyway, long story short is, it's so hard to be extremely good at 3D modeling because of the exacerbated aspect of you can't have reflective surfaces in there. There's a certain type of weather that's going to make this so much easier to align and merge data sets. And I haven't found a cloud processor that makes the absolute best 3D models. I mean, or, or excuse me, even produce. 3D models that are good enough to sell to clients. And I mean, hmm. I felt like Drone Deploy for a while was doing really good, but then when I learned that there's no way for me to align or merge data sets, I was super bummed. But but I will, let me finish something really quick. That said, before Drone Deploy blows up my phone and says, why are you trashing Drone Deploy? I will say that Drone Deploy is by far the most accurate and the fastest orthomosaic generator out there. Okay, I said it. <laughs> was your question sorry i didn't i just wanted to finish that thought so i don't get blasted in the background no i'm just curious because you've shown me some 3d models from drone deploy that looked really good they did and so what what was the, what's the issue having looked back at that and kind of getting to where you're at now well that's actually part of the reason as to why i wanted to do the live complex mapping to all of our previous mapping students as in the new community through the app mm. because i wanted to show people exactly what i showed you and why i thought it was so good but then reproduce this the same thing in my traditional workflow uh, utilizing pics to say look this looks really good but i can make it look a hundred times better um and with a lot more work though 
Yeah. Well, I would argue that what I showed you, I don't, you know, uh, that client has not used that at all. And um, he's shown me some reasons as to why. And it was actually some holes in the mesh. And I know that I could fix those based off of my acquisition plan. In picks, mm -hmm. you cannot fix them. In I drone could deploy. also fix it in capture, capture reality as well. In but fact, you couldn't fix it in drone deploy. No, because okay, because you just don't have that kind of control. Exactly, and with Got most it. cloud processors, you don't have that kind of control. Even in Pix's cloud processor, if you try to use that, uh, there are some new limitations in the cloud processing. But what I do love about Pix's cloud is that I can use desktop to essentially set up all the settings that I want mm. to go up to the cloud, so I am in control. Oh, so in that sense, you're just using their servers to process, mm -hmm. but you're still setting it up the way you normally would in your workflow. That's true. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Which I know you could do that with Capture too. You could set up Capture on a remote server and do the same thing. Um, it's just a lot more infrastructure to do it. Um, but that said, you know, this question is specifically to Skydio and their new uh, modeling software. And I will say a couple of things. You know, the question, the caller asked specifically about radio towers. And it brought up a story that I've heard PJ say just over and over and over and over again. And he's just like, I don't care how good your autonomy is. There's no way you're flying autonomous missions around cell towers. I know you've heard that too. I've heard him say that multiple. <laughs> that's true. I honestly, I didn't even think about that, but I've heard him say that multiple times. And and it, it's so. And I don't know. If there's anyone that's well. There there are people, but he's done a lot of cell towers. So like hundreds of them, if not thousands. But long story short is he understands the premise of guide wires, and he knows that guide wires are typically made out of what metal. What is metal? Reflective. So it doesn't matter what what type of autonomous mission you're doing, the chances of you running into one of those guide wires is like 99%. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, uh, or excuse me, it's going to happen. Um, that said, uh, you know, he always talks about how uh, cell phone towers are the perfect example of proving someone's ability to fly in close proximity. So I would say, I don't think it doesn't matter what drone or what gimmicks you're going to throw out there. That This particular example that he asked on the call uh, I would say, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Skydio or anyone, that very specific example, you're going to have to fly uh, manually and you're going to have to be in full control of that drone uh, to get those cell towers. And I feel like that's also why the prices of flying cell towers has been going up. Well, and that's probably going to be true for many bridges because he brought up bridges. He did bring they up bridges. They have sophisticated wiring, et cetera, cabling all over them. And, you know, in a lot of Skydio's marketing material, they talk about flying below bridges and doing that mapping and modeling of bridges. And let's break it down. Again, rules of mapping, right? Below a bridge, you don't have direct sunlight. So what do you not have? A lot of reflectivity, right? But it's also very dark. And the Skydio doesn't really do very well in low light conditions. So look, let me just go, without being a pejorative to Skydio, um, let's go back to the rules of mapping, right? The rules of mapping talk about the importance of ground sampling distance and the three factors that affect those things. And one of the factors that's taught in the advanced class is lens distortion and lens profiling. And so when you take Skydio's very small 12 megapixel sensor equivalent to a Mavic Pro or the Air 2 that he was talking about that he was flying, mm -hmm. same size sensor, and then you add a hyper-wide lens to it, you get an extreme amount of distortion. Hmm. So I would say that um, I think that there is a future opportunity uh, for Skydio to really crush autonomy and to really do modeling well. I do not believe that their drone is there yet. 
And I don't believe that it is a good idea to use that drone. Here's why, so that we're not pejorative, okay? The ecosystem for third-party apps is non-existent outside of drone deploy, okay? I know there have been bugs. I know there have been glitches. We've had three members call in, three to me, who have said they've tried Skydio with drone deploy. Two of them had flyaways. So I know that Skydio was also working through those bugs because that was probably like a couple months ago. I think it's not there yet. And I think it's not there yet because one, you don't have the ecosystem of autonomous control. And so what I also am saying is that like with, you only have drone deploy with Skydio. When you fly a Phantom, when you, uh, even when you fly these new American drones, you have multiple choices on which mapping engines you can, you can utilize. Not only mapping engines, but uh, autonomous acquisition apps, right? Sure. So the, here's the thing. You're really, really limiting the amount of or the type of mapping that you can do, okay? That's number one. Uh, number two, the combination between Skydio and Drone Deploy, especially when they're focusing on modeling, 3D modeling, I think is absolutely erroneous only because of how the engines work at Drone Deploy and the inability to, one, create manual tie points, two, merge multiple projects together, three, utilize manual type points to merge those projects together, or four, utilize manual type points to align projects together. So on a technical aspect, uh, I think that there's going to be some difficulty there. I think that there's going to be a lot of bugs to iron out is what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. So when you combine the lack of a third-party environment, right, with a Phantom, I can use Litchi. I can use Pix4D Capture. I can use Drone Deploy, which, by the way, there's some really cool there's some really cool stuff in the Drone Deploy app that mm -hmm. Pix doesn't have, like the 360 stuff. Um, you know, I can also use Maps Made Easy. You know, from the beginning of mapping class, what were the two apps that we were always teaching on? It was Pix4D Capture and it was Maps Made Easy Map Pilot. You know why Map Pilot? This is the only app that had terrain awareness and gave you the full functionality like Pix4D Capture. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I know that we are uh, working on new media to break down all of these different engines, what deliverables they're capable of, what they're not capable of in an honest experience format. But um, Maps Made Easy has really been out there crushing stuff. And their new pricing model, as I have been exploring, is actually super intriguing. But anyway, back to the point. You don't have a lot of third-party apps. Thus, you don't have a lot of what? Flexibility. So if something goes wrong, it goes wrong and you're stuck, right? Yeah. On a Phantom, if something goes wrong, I use a different app. If there's something wrong with my Phantom, I just get a different Phantom because I have multiple of them already by now. Uh, but that said... Um, <laughs> a couple uh, of them even work still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that said too, like if I'm, if I'm really up uh, Schmidt's Creek, okay... <laughs> if I'm really up Schmidt's Creek, um, I can still pull out my Mavic 2 Pro and map. It's not something you can do at volume, right? You can't do a lot of those jobs. So when you combine the small sensor from Skydio, when you combine the lack of third-party apps that can control it, and when you combine the heavy distortion from the lens, that means the overall useful part of the images is actually much smaller than 12 megapixels, probably eight, just like video, right? And there's a reason why we never use video to create models, because you take a 20 megapixel sensor and turn it into an eight. So, you know, anyone who's touting, you know, modeling by video fundamentally, uh, not only doesn't understand science, but ignores science. Don't walk, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. 
Um, my point is, is that I believe that there is an opportunity in the future for uh, Skydio to nail this. I think that they're going to need a larger sensor. They're going to need more diversity in control applications. And most importantly, do you know the number one time we see flyaways at trainings? I don't. When using third-party apps. Because the SDK is not communicating to the bird in one particular way or another, and it causes a mm. parameter fail, and then you get the flyaway. Okay. This goes back to, and I'm trying to not be pejorative to Skydio. Okay. This comes back to when you are not always in control of a Skydio drone and you can't stop a flyaway, and now you're using third party apps, thus increasing the propensity for a flyaway. I cannot sit here with a good conscience or heart and say it's a good idea to model with the Skydio 2. It's not. It's, it's just simply not. In addition, if I'm actually doing this for business, I need a drone that is reliable, that has multiple points of redundancy, like the numerous different apps, right? Mm -hmm. And I need something that I know is going to perform and give me the quality that I can expect. Sure. But even if you have a Phantom and all those apps, if you still don't understand the super complex rules of 3D uh, modeling, it's extremely difficult. And that's kind of, that's what Skydio is trying to take away is we want to take away the learning involved in how to do complex modeling because our drone is going to use autonomy to know exactly where to fly, etc. And, you know, go back to the bridge example, what is Skydio doing all the time? It's mapping in real time, right? And what did we talk about rules of mapping, right? You know, good images can't have uh, reflection, can't have blur, right? You really want a global shutter so that you're snapping the entire image uh, at one given point in time, which goes back to the rules of parallax. When it comes to a phantom, I know what to expect and I can look a client in the eye and say, yes, I can do this. If we go back to the bridge inspection of Skydio that's mapping on its own to fly through that environment, does anyone see the issue with below a bridge that's over water? Reflectivity, anybody? Mm -hmm. You know, I know that they, they solve that problem with the minimum altitude thing, but I'm, I'm telling you, we are really, really in a dangerous place because drones have been defined as a potential security issue in this country. And they are counting on American manufacturers to produce aircraft that are comparable in price and features. And right now, everyone's looking at Skydio. And if we count on Skydio without the ability to follow the rule of law based off of the FAA, then we are really setting up our country to fail. Rob asked me a question. Rob, do you remember the question you asked me in the walk today? Will you please ask that question I don't on camera? It. I don't remember the you question. You said, I'll, uh, here, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Okay. You said, Paul, would your views on Skydio change if they added some button that allowed you to just take over full control of the drone. And I was like, 100% yes, almost like a bipolar switch. I would be Skydio's biggest fan. And there was there was a significant point to me asking that question. <laughs> what was that point, Rob? <laughs> that because, point was, it's, it's good to accentuate that important issue while also accentuating all of the good. And I think that what Skydio is doing of pressing the limits is good. It's kind of like Airbnb before Airbnb was big. You know, um, there weren't really regulations to regulate Airbnb. Now there are, you know, same thing with autonomy, right? The FAA is absolutely clear 100% that there, 
you can't have a fully autonomous drone. There has to be a certified pilot who can what to the drone? Three things, okay? Really quick. Three things to the drone. One is take over in the case of an emergency, okay? Two, be on the sticks for number one, okay? I mean, it's, it's really that simple, right? There is no rule and no waiver that gives you full autonomy without a pilot. Even if you take Intel's example of the drone light shows, there's still a bunch of pilots sitting right by the computer ready to take over in case of an emergency. With Skydio, there is no hardware mechanism or software mechanism to actually have full control. It's in their freaking manual under, can I turn the autonomy off? And the answer is no. And even in Congress, they say, well, you can press the pause button. Well, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but when you're flying in a dynamic environment with other moving objects, the pause button isn't going to be fast enough. And it also doesn't allow me to adjust the flight path instead of hitting pause. Hmm. Oftentimes, and I'm sorry that this, uh, you know what, I'm going to stop myself because I almost said something that you would have just, you would have hated. Just um, like so a freaking I, snowball rolling down the damn no, hill. No, 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 um, <laughs> Oh, I hope I don't lose it now. It was a really important point. Um, ultimate control. Oh, man, I lost the point now. Oh, no. Uh, okay, so when we talk about driving safety, you're probably wondering where I'm going with this. Just bear with me. Driving safety. At BMW Driving School, they teach something that is contrary to everything I've ever seen in a normal driving school. By the way, I did social media for a driving school before drone you, just so you know. Um, do you know what that is? Thanks for the shaka. Do you know what that is? If you are driving over 35 miles an hour, do you know the very first thing that you should do to avoid an accident? Let me ask hit, you this. Hit the gas. That, that's exactly right. Why? Because over 35 miles an hour, your propensity to stop an accident by hitting the brakes is nearly impossible. You are going to be involved in that accident one way or another. BMW teaches you to avoid the accident by speeding up and turning, okay? Because you will fundamentally avoid the accident in more success over time. This is statistically proven. Skydio, this is your science and, and statistics to know that when you are on the move in a drone and we're going over a certain mile per hour, it is going to be fundamentally easier to flip a switch whoop, and change direction rather than hit the pause button, wait for the drone to slow down, land, stop. I mean, like, it's honestly, when people, when I see them do that, it really frustrates me because it's almost like we know you're stupid. I mean, it's almost like them saying that. And so we have got to do a good job because again, I want to be in Skydio's corner, but I will say, I think that there is extreme competition right now. Oh, that's for sure. And, you know. and man. God bless them all. Let's see what happens. Uh, oh, no, it's great. It's great for us, too, because we just get to sit here on the sidelines and, like, you know, say, hey, these are our yeah, experiences no, with there, these aircraft. There's some, there's some cool stuff. And um, I don't know. You know there, there definitely is. I mean, Apple pro prove, has proven over the years, Steve Jobs proved that you can do it your way and be successful. But at the same time, um, there are times when you, you've got to bend to what the market and society is telling you to do. And if you don't, there's at least some chance that uh, that's going to be detrimental. So we'll see.
You know, it's really, we'll really interesting that you say that about Steve Jobs, because if I remember his book, that the main cornerstone regret on his deathbed was that he did do it his way and he didn't spend enough time with his family. Oh, that's a whole different subject. But yeah, I'm just talking about the consumer doesn't know what they want, right? The oh, okay. Sorry, that's I missed your I mean. point. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Like, we, will, we will tell them and give them what we know they want. And <sighs> we'll see. Yeah, we will see. We'll see. I, but anyways. Yeah, and I just want to say too, look, I'm not here to bash Skydio. As many of you know, I have a propensity to go off the rails and and and, and be passionate on the positive and the negative. And all, as all of you know, I'm also really trying to work on that. That's why I'm trying to say, here are concrete examples as to why this is a legitimate problem. And I knew when I had to explain to the FAA how, the two ways to stop a flyaway, I knew that this was going to be an uphill battle. Because if people don't understand the problem, they'll never understand why the solution is so critical. But that all said, there are a lot of other companies that are building drones. And I'm really excited, honestly, in the scope of all these things. You know who I've got my eyes on, who I think could absolutely overtake Skydio, not only on investments, on money, on scalability, on features, on aircraft. Brink. Hmm. Brink drones. And no, I'm not just saying that because Drone Gandhi is there. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Though it doesn't hurt. I love just throwing <laughs> that name out there. So anyway, uh, anyway, he uh, will yeah, uh, actually, yeah, 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 he yeah. will be here this week and he's bringing a couple of those drones. Looking so, for it. Oh, we got to get a door with some glass in it, don't we? Yeah. I had a dream last night that instead of breaking a car door, we just broke the glass window in the lobby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. On good. Don't get any ideas. If you happen to come across this between, well, you won't between now and when can you're you, here. Can you bring the Dodge over that day? <laughs> Dodge only. We'll just make Brink pay for the window. <laughs> Seriously, safe flight repairs, safe flight repairs. <laughs> Two hours later, we're gonna get a new window. Okay, so, just saying. Dodge. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, no, I'm very actually. excited. By the way, let me do. Let me also say one more thing to shore up this argument. Uh, a lot of American politicians, uh, governments, and agencies are looking at Skydio to be the savior of the drone industry. Um, are they? And I would just say, uh, now I forgot the quote from Warren Buffett. What is it? Diversity. Um, can't have all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. Yeah, which they're not doing, right? They got the blue SUAS. They're looking at uh, uh, teal drones. But again, a lot of these people are having supply chain issues. And it doesn't matter if you're American or not, because most of these parts are still coming out of China. I think Castle Creations is, I think, the only American-made manufacturer of motors. And it shows, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seems like it's starting to change, though. I know there's a lot of talk about moving a lot of stuff to Taiwan, um, other places. So it just takes time. It does take it takes time. time. Even Intel is building a new chip plant here in New Mexico. Yep. So it's coming. The, the change is coming. In fact, I think China gave Skydio a gift with 2020, if you want to know the truth. Um, but that, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm serious. That's, uh, uh, that's funny. Uh, but anyway, my point in- I know all, you're serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my point about Skydio, though, is, um, look, Skydio, we want you to be the hero of the drone industry, just like everyone else. But we're also not afraid to say, we can't get to that point unless you address these issues. There's a, there are very real issues. And by not addressing said issues, you, in my opinion, are, 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 are chipping away at credibility, in my opinion. I, I really believe Time that. Time will tell. 
It will. And but I know I think, I, uh, I think this horse is pretty, pretty beat. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, Skydio. <laughs> uh, your drone would be great for journalists, by the way. Anyway, uh, so no, it's a great segue establishing shot. I'm just saying. Uh, so that's in our uh, don't crash course. By the is. way, we did actually put out our class on Skydio because Hoel get member last week. He's like, Hey, we put it up, but I looked at the sales video and I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. anyway, long story short, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the question. Um, by the way, I will, the, here's my last caveat. This is going to really shock Rob. Uh, I told the story about PJ and how he would never trust any form of autonomous control to fly a cell tower. I talked to PJ last night and you know, which drone he just told me he bought. Sky. It's freaking Skydio. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to do cell towers with it. This is also true, but I just <laughs> I mean, thought that, what, that was kind of funny. We own two of them. I like flying it. I think it's fun. Yeah. There are, that's what sucks is that there are fun aspects about it. Facts. Just so y'all know, you got to go check out our Skydio Don't Crash course because there's actually some really cool footage in there. Skydio, just make the stupid parameter change. I mean, I even know the flight controller you're using. It's just so easy to just go whoop and, and manual mode is activated. So. I don't know. If, if, if they happen to listen to this, um, they're probably thinking, you don't know the whole story or whatever. I, I, who knows what, what's why, what the why is. Anyone? Yeah, I'm not touching that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> I don't know why I mm -mm. did that. I just made it worse. I am not touching that with a 10-foot pole. On that bombshell, <laughs> thank you for joining us uh, on Astro and You. My name's Rob. And my name's Paul. And PJ, sorry to use all your stories, but it was just too good. So anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>